Rich, some guys like it quiet, some guys like it loud. This is. You know, Gator needs to look like he needs some exercise. I don't know. Now that he has to play the shot, test anyone. It's a great story. Welcome in to episode 50 of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. Coming to you from deep in high cotton country, this is Johnny Stew. Joined with me as always, El Capitan, a.k.a. Lefty Sauce, Mr. Connor Hendrickson. Coming up on a full year's worth of pods, Connor. How's it, how's it feel to have almost a full year under your belt? It's a, uh, it's a surprise, really. Um, I got on Facebook last week and I had one of those memories a year ago was when we, you know, released the first episode. So I'm not sure how we got off with 52 episodes, supposed to be 52 weeks in a year, but um, I guess episode 49 was our year mark, and so very excited to kind of be celebrating that here with you today and celebrating it with some big news that we're going to talk about. Um, it's just, it's really humbling to have everybody who's, you know, jumped in not only to the high cotton club, but supported the podcast and, and just everything that we're trying to do with the high cotton club. It's, uh, it truly is humbling. And every day, whenever I'm working on this stuff, I'm just thinking about how grateful I am that everybody's, you know, supported us to this point and how we can make it even better in the future. Yeah. It's crazy to think that we've been doing this for pretty much an entire year, um, everything that's happened over the past year it's it's kind of fun to think about what this time next year what's happened since then it's it's hard to even think about this time next year um but we have a great you know rest of the spring season set up um and roost major season in the middle of that so without any further ado let's dive into the extinction at park mammoth and some big news coming out of that Surrounds the whole High Cotton Club, but it's going to kind of culminate at the extinction at Park Mammoth. Um, everybody is well aware of our partnership um, that we've been using Unknown Golf for our scoring software for, I guess, ever since December was our first. Or, uh, no, we used it for the Gallup. So ever since November. And Unknown has been fantastic. Bill Trebosh, David May, the whole team over there, D May and I, you know, we text frequently and, and it's always fun. I was able to send him the. Uh, message that clay put in the discord earlier and if you're in the discord that's an if you know you know joke and uh we're very thankful to announce that they are going to be coming on as a full-time sponsor of the high cotton club which is going to culminate at the extinction but a huge huge partnership and a huge opportunity for us to be able to serve our community better to serve the golfers that you know believe in the high cotton club and want to support our events even more so and we could not be more thankful for the group that is unknown golf to kind of have a similar vision of us want to support us and what we're doing and uh, they're just they're a great group and i'm so so humbled and thankful to to be where we are today 
Yeah, what was already going to be a sick weekend is just got a little sicker. I mean, they've with their generosity, not only does the tournament become more affordable for everyone, but also they're throwing in vessel bags and some other swag. Yeah, so shout out Ben Sercio. He has been an integral part of the entire process working with them. He's kind of spearheaded the whole sponsorship process, and it's it's he's done an incredible job, and he's led us to where we are now. So, yeah, um, Unknown is going to take the majority of the weight off of us for running the golf club or running the course out. They're also going to be throwing in vessel shoe bags for every single competitor. So everybody was going to get a little swag. Well, now you have a swag bag to put your swag in. So that's perfect. We're very excited about that. And then they're also going to be contributing vessel golf bags for our um, flight winners, for our derby winners. And we're going to be doing a par three contest throughout the day. So we'll play two rounds. You get all the par threes, you know, eight times total. Um, and so your low score on those for the day is going to win a vessel golf bag as well. Yeah. And other big news for that day in particular, uh, Brian Ross will be there, right? Yes. Brian Ross will just be floating around, hanging out visiting with everybody. He says he'll only play if we absolutely need him to. So, you know, obviously it'd be, it'd be great to be able to get out there and see him swing it, but, uh, really going to be a special opportunity for everybody to be able to kind of chat with him talk about kind of the process of the golf course and maybe he can point out a thing or two that people maybe didn't notice. Like, you know, one of the first conversations that we, that I had with him, he talked about landing it on 16 just past the bunker. And I've never been able to get that out of my head since. So you, you shed some of those kind of, uh, shed light on some of those moments and some of those situations on the golf course. And hopefully it'll just ex- enhance everybody's day and everybody's experience. Yeah. Speaking of that bunker on 16, we had talked about that where you just got to land it right over it. I can, I don't know if I could take that, bring that bunker into play, catch it just a hair chunky and it goes right into the face of it. <laughs> yeah. It, it can be a tough scene quickly, but we've also seen people get up and down from that bunker, which is just an incredible up and down. But uh, speaking of those par threes, and even though we'll have the, the par three contest going on throughout the day because of unknown coming on and what they're able to do for our sponsorship and this event in particular, we're going to be able to enhance our close to the pin prizes. We're going to be doing Yeti coolers for each close to the pin. So if you come out with your, you know, wedge, mid iron, and long iron game and on some of the holes on point, you can leave with maybe a couple coolers, a golf bag. I mean, who knows? The possibilities are endless. Yeah, that is, that is a lot of added swag. I mean, this, this was already going to be an epic, historic day, but now shout out to Unknown for – really just taking it to another level so we're working um, behind the scenes to do some more stuff we're adding swag that's going to be available for purchase um, that won't be included in everybody's swag bag so you know really trying to make this one of those events that you talk about you remember and you're so thankful that you were able to to clear your calendar and get to it yeah and we're full now right yes we got that 72nd player we have hit our 72nd player shout out coach mal um we're going to expand the field, spoiler alert. It's not going to expand very much, but we have to accommodate special guests and special guests want to come in, and we also have to maintain our integrity for the Derby. So we're going to be expanding in numbers of three. Um, It'll be interesting to see when, where that happens, and and who it happens for. Yeah, and um, you you mentioned last week, did you send Neil a little care package? Yeah, so when we were in Kansas City for the Roost Club Championship, I think we multiple 
multiple of us. I don't know. A couple of us. There we go. Wore the high cotton classic hat from the third edition. And so Neil saw that, loved it, wanted one. Obviously, we were sold out because we only got them for the competitors. Um, so multiple other people had reached out, you know, saying that their buddy saw it and wanted one. So we ordered more of those. Um, those are still available for sale right now. The white one, plus we added a new colorway. So I sent those to him, asked what we could do for him. Sent him that, sent him a, a PBR shirt as well, and, and the new High Life hat just had to. Well, good. Maybe that'll grease the wheels and get him to Central Kentucky. We would love to see it. Um, it's going to be a great time. Regardless of who shows up, we're going to have just an absolute blast in Central Kentucky. Park City, Kentucky, baby, we are coming, and we're coming in hot, hot, hot. Signed the contract with Park Mammoth. Um, things are, things are getting real official. We're ordering gifts. I'm in touch with Dave Bazin trying to get the artwork dialed in. Things are very exciting right now in the High Cotton Club. Yeah. You show me a little sneak peek of the hats and I'm, I'm digging the color scheme. Yeah. So everybody's going to get a white hat for participating in the event, but there's also going to be, you know, a black hat for sale, a gray hat for sale. And for all the people requesting a dad hat, it's coming. <laughs> we're, we're giving you a dad hat. Well, it's going to be an amazing day. Um, we're kind of coming up on a, another big weekend, one that i am got a big fear of missing out of, um, going to the uh, Old Waverly and uh, Mossy Oak. Yeah, the mother clucker is – I mean, it's, it might as well be here, right? We're going to release this pod Friday morning. Um, so it's here. We're, we're here. Mother clucker time. Um, as people are listening to this, hopefully, you know, we're headed to the MSU golf course. Um, I just received word from Morgan's cousin, who's going to be playing with us on Friday, no ropes on the MSU golf course. So that's going to be something that at the end of this episode, you hear us talk with Webb or hear me talk with Webb. And we kind of talk about the ropes at the MSU golf course. If this report is true, big news, big, big news. What? No ropes. What what does that pertain to? So when Webb and I were at state, there were ropes. The Arbor Department or something like that had come in and on the side of some of the fairways planted some small pine trees. And so there were ropes along these trees to where if you hit into it, you got free relief, nearest point of relief. And if you hit into it and couldn't find your ball, you got nearest point of relief, free relief at point of entry. So it made the golf course to where, <clears throat> all right, like on number three, it's a par five where you have to be on the right side if you want to get to the green and two. Well, you just bomb it to the right side, and if you end up in the trees, you get free relief anyway. So now it's like, okay, are those trees there? And now you have to play around them. Did they remove the trees and, and transplant them somewhere? It's going to be very exciting to see. Yeah, I think I remember uh, I think I remember now you and Ben talking about that when Ben came on the pod. Is, uh, is he coming down and going to ride with you or – you going solo down there. Yeah, so he's getting here Thursday, and we're going to ride down together, which is makes it a whole lot easier for both of us, I think. He said he would have had to leave at like 1 a.m. from Chicago to make it to the MSU golf course on time for Friday. So a whole lot easier for him. I'd much rather have somebody to ride with, and hopefully he, he can drive. <laughs> I'd love to just ride. But yeah, um, That would be a, that'd be a long, boring trip by yourself. Yeah. It, it's not too bad five hours, but – when you have so much anticipation built up for the weekend, can make it a little tougher. And so very excited to be riding down together and just excited to get after it. Obviously, we mentioned at the end of this episode, you'll hear the interview with Webb. Um, we dive full 
full tilt into the mother clucker. Everything from the baseball games and the experience that people can expect from Mississippi State to the golf courses and a prediction from Webb. Spoiler alert, he picked himself to to be in that final match. Imagine that. Of course he did. <laughs> but that's that's the type of dog that we love to see in the High Cotton Club. Um, we'll wait for everybody to listen to see who else he picked to be in that final match. But a name that I was surprised to hear. Who's that? We're gonna you're gonna have to listen to the interview. Okay. Everybody's <laughs> gonna have to wait for the end of the episode. So yeah, the mother clerk is gonna be a great time. Thank you to everybody who has signed up and gotten involved with that. Um, like we've said before, like we say in the interview, hope to make this you know just a rotational event, and we come back here every spring. Seems like it makes perfect sense. I can't wait to get down there, put boots on the ground, and see if it's as good as it seems. Every great club has a great member member guest. Exactly. So every great club also has a great match play event. And, I mean, that's our signature event, the High Cotton Classic. We finally have a full field in both Tennessee and Alabama. Goodness gracious, it took a long time. Yeah, we got it's all right, though. We got there. We're here. We're, Shout out Ricky Silvestri for coming in hot, coming in from the clouds and filling that last spot. I'm very excited to have a field of 32 like we have in the past, field of 16 down in Alabama, which is bigger than we've had in the past. And so it's going to be – very exciting to see, you know, how these pods play out. You've gotten a sneak preview of what pods may or may not look like. Do you have any favorites? Uh, I'm going to go the web route and pick myself. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. I was just setting you up for that one. This ain't no hobby. It's the year of Johnny Stu. It's the year of Mr. 64. I know you want to go to Kinderloo Forest in Valdosta. And you got to figure out your way there. Yeah, like I said before, this is I feel like this is the Masters for Rory. You know, you got to have it to validate your career. So I, I'm going in motivated. I uh, I do feel like this year I've gotten to play more golf this winter. I don't know if we just had a milder winter, but I feel like I've got a lot more rounds in this winter. I think we have years past. I think we have had a more mild winter, except when it's time for us to actually go play events. It yeah. seems like the weather is just brutal. Um, <clears throat> we have had the worst luck when it comes to our events. At I mean, least we this, haven't had to postpone or cancel anything like that. Yeah, it hasn't so much been rain, just cold, cold. as shit. Yeah. Which <laughs> uh, shout out the uh, the Incline Club, the Western PA Roost. They got their first outdoor event in this past weekend. Twenty four guys in like thirty degree weather. You love to see that. Some guys absolutely grinding. Um, they did say. Two-man scramble format. Look out, they got some players because they shot a 64. In a two-man? In a two-man. Oh, good round. <laughs> some of us have done that by ourselves. <laughs> I wanted to shout out Mr. 64 right here. Um, so, yeah, very excited to see them getting involved. You know, New Roost, obviously we played with the Crossroads Co-op a couple weekends ago as they are trying to get set up as a roost for next year. And Wisconsin trying to get dialed up as a roost. Been chatting with their potential captain and would love to see if they can, you know, kind of get something set up in the great north. Have you ever been to Wisconsin before? I've been to Aaron Hills for the U.S. Open. That's it. And say, I, I feel like their uh, golf season is kind of like Michigan, right, where they only have, you know, just a six, seven-month window throughout the year to be able to play. But it's prime. It's some of the best golf in the country. So yeah, that is true. So if they can't, you know, make that happen, 
they need they need some more uh, sickos, and they'll need to take a pulse check up there in Wisconsin. I I, I can imagine they can get it together. Um, but <clears throat> the Highcon Classic is going to be one of those events that just further earmarks kind of the progress that we've made with the High Cotton Club since we first started with the first edition of the High Cotton Classic a couple summers ago. Gifts are going to be top-notch. We're, you know, dialing all those in, making sure that they're ordered. Next belt probably not going to be on time. I can almost guarantee it's not going to be on time. But everything else will be here. Obviously, people have seen the Miller Life Highlight, the Miller High Life style classic hats that we've gotten in. What do you think of those? Oh, they're pretty sweet. They're they're sick. I mean, you guys are knocking it out of the park every year with that stuff. I mean, I, f- I feel like it gets better and better each year. The logos and you and Patton pump out. And what Buckeye Bag Tags is doing with that swag pack? I mean, just top top notch stuff. And so, very excited to get the High Cotton Classic rolling the weekend of the Masters. Um, <clears throat> before that, we're going to be playing the Salute. I haven't really checked the field size lately, but we're you know going to be winding that down here pretty quickly so got 14 signed up if you haven't signed up for the salute go ahead and do that because we're going to be closing registration for that we'll be closing registration for the hunt soon and we'll be opening registration up for the education you and d balls i mean de facto grudge match down at Sewanee. d ball ordered something special for the tournament you want to tell us about that <laughs> yeah what did he call it the board of education the board of education it's basically a giant paddle with uh you know like a paddle that you would have you would see 30 years ago at school or the, you know 15 years ago here in the south yeah and it has uh of course the state of tennessee on one side looks like it's burned in mm-hmm. and uh, state of alabama on the other side so i tried to make the bet that we do have our own little bet going um me and d-ball but also, since we got that, the loser has to take licks from the winner with the paddle, and D-Ball wouldn't do it. I think that's got more a little than fair. I, I mean, that's... what's the point of buying a paddle if you're not, if I don't get to hit D-Ball with it? I think that that's more than fair and, and should be the bet. But I'll let gentlemen be gentlemen. Work it out amongst yourselves. Um, goodness gracious, that could be. I was going to wear that ass out, D-Ball. <laughs> It's going to be very interesting to see how far they get, you know, down the list for Alabama before they might have to pull a player or two from Tennessee. But 16 guys in the Classic, hopefully they can get, you know, 12 guys to go play in this. Yeah, I think participation is going to be going to be fine for that. Uh, and even if even if something does come up one way or the other, I mean, we can always kind of make some changes and send some guys over there. Yeah, it's it's the Jordan Miller rule. Yeah. I mean, so, we're all on the same roost anyway. So, yeah, exactly. We've already allowed some our own players to play against us and that are, you know, playing on a team that's not in the same roost as us. So, uh, I think we can make accommodation for Alabama. A thousand percent. So, uh, without any further ado, we want to thank everybody for listening to this portion. We're going to give you some life advice before we dive into Webb's interview. Stu, why don't you hit us with it? Yeah. So, this is, uh, pretty self-explanatory but uh just for those times when the haters kind of leaning on you in your ear i always try to remind myself of this um and it kind of lets all that stuff roll roll off my back but you'll never meet a hater doing better than you Mm. so just keep that in mind that you know when 
the haters are in your ear. They're hating for a reason. Mm, I got a couple faces that popped up in my head <laughs> when you said that. Um, so for me, it's I'm going to go back to an old adage, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit of a nod to a year of podcast, but treat people right and do the right thing. You do that and everything should work out. And I think that that has proved evident with us being able to find a company like Unknown Golf, who is aligned similarly, wants to treat people right, do the right thing, just help grow the game of golf. And so we couldn't be more thankful. I couldn't personally be more thankful to everybody at Unknown who has made this possible. Everybody in the High Con Club who has supported us, Sergio for getting it all set up. Um, it, it truly means so much for me. It feels like a landmark moment in the High Con Club, and I can't can't wait for the future. So thank you to everybody. Now, again, without any further ado, please enjoy the interview with our Mississippi man ahead of the mother clucker, Webb Emerson. We take a brief break from today's episode to talk to you about the presenting sponsor for Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club, Golf RX in Mountain Juliet, located at 11972 Lebanon Road in Mountain Juliet, Tennessee. They are the place to go in Middle Tennessee, whether you need custom club fitting, lessons, club repair, anything in the game of golf, they can get you dialed in. And they're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. And you can now book lessons and fitting online at golfrx.biz forward slash schedule. So go ahead and hit up GolfRx and Mount Juliet at golfrx.biz forward slash schedule. We very much appreciate their partnership. And without any further ado, please enjoy the interview with Webb Emerson. And welcome into our special interview with the Mississippi man himself, Webb Emerson. Webb, welcome to Dialed In, a podcast by the High Con Club. How you doing, sir? Man, I am doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to meet you finally. And Man, looking for this, I've had this on the calendar for a minute, and I've been looking forward to it. So I'm excited this week is finally here. Well, ever since you kind of jumped into the roost, it's been a mission to get down closer to you. So I could not be more excited to be headed down to West Point, Mississippi, getting into Starkville for the mother clucker. Um, first of all, as a Mississippi man, you well, not a Mississippi native. Let's make that clear. Um, where are you from? Man, I was born and raised in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. I lived there for 27 years of my life, uh, married a Mississippi girl. And as a lot of you guys have probably figured out, uh, when your wife wants to go home, you say, okay, and you move home. So my, my family's from Mississippi. I grew up a lot in Mississippi. So, but Tennessee is home is my original home. Well, for the, for the sake of the high cotton club, you are our, our Mississippi man. Um, even though you're one of us at, at your core. Um, so, you also had the experience that all these guys are going to kind of get to, to fill out of attending Mississippi State. And so kind of talk me through before we get into the weekend, what your experience was at Mississippi State. Man, so I'm a third generation Bulldog. Uh, I was given a cowbell in my crib at the hospital when I was born. Uh, That's special. Uh, all my gran- yeah, all my uh, all my grandparents worked at the university. I was telling Connor beforehand, but my grandfather started the PGM program at Mississippi State. Um, so ever since I was little, I've been a Bulldog and went to, went to school there from 2012 to 2016, graduated in the construction program. Um, and I'm, as some of y'all have seen in the Discord, I, I go to a lot of Mississippi State events and uh, I'm really excited for y'all to get to experience Mississippi State baseball because everybody, a lot of SEC guys in here, football's big everywhere and basketball is big everywhere but baseball is special and startable so i'm excited for y'all to get to see that 
Absolutely. Even on a year where uh, there's a lot of questions surrounding the baseball program, um, it's still going to be a fantastic time. It's a year that, you know, we've already blown out some attendance records um, early on in the season. And, you know, mm-hmm. having Manny in town is always a big deal. So excited to, uh, you know, I, personally, you know, I grew up a Vanderbilt fan, but as soon as I, I became a Mississippi State Bulldog, my disdain for Vanderbilt just has grown and grown and grown. And so I'm really looking forward to this kind of grudge match and hopefully we can do uh, better than we have been in the past few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I think that regardless, we're going to put up a good fight. The crowd's going to be there. The crowd will always support. So for those that are are coming in for maybe their one and only time, but hopefully you can come back, uh, the atmosphere will still be rocking on a Friday night. The smoke will be blowing over the outfield wall and, the drinks will be flowing. The food will be cooking. Um, it'll be it'll be a great atmosphere regardless. And we can probably get an iPad set up for D-ball to watch uh, Alabama hoops if we need to somewhere. Yeah, that's uh, could be a tough scene. But uh, I think it's just going to add to the experience of having baseball in front of us. You know, a few of us will be huddled around an iPad or something watching that too. So it's, it's going to be a great time in the left field lounge. And thank you so much for, for getting us hooked up. We're dialed in for the left field lounge unlike I ever have been before, and I, I'm so excited. Well, I was just like, man, if I'm ever going to – if we're ever going to do it, and we're going to do this once, like, we got to do it right. If we're going to do it then, we got to do it big then is kind of my motto. So, yeah, my boss, we built – we actually – the company I work for, we designed the new Duty Noble Stadium. So, in that, we uh, worked out a rig. And so now I just went in his office like, hey, man, I got a bunch of – golf sickos that want to come watch some baseball you care if we have the rig he's like dude yeah i might show up too so it's gonna be fun just uh i mean goodness gracious that's that's so i'm i'm giddy um uh that's so awesome and we're so thankful um so before we get into the weekend itself i have one more baseball question that i have to ask you are you on the bonus train okay there's a lot of ways i can go with this um for those who aren't intimately familiar with mississippi state baseball we won our first national championship just a couple of years ago under Chris Limonis. There was some, you know, there has been some conversation that maybe he did it with a team that he didn't build. He can't recruit, even though we just got the number two recruiting class in the nation. We got this, this freshman stud dual pitcher, but there's talk since he won that and had a tough year last year and tough start to this year that maybe not, he's not the guy. So Webb, now I'll give you the floor. Yeah. So I think one factor you have to look at is, is that, we won our first national championship. We're a top three program traditionally uh, in the SEC and probably the country. And then our in-state rival turns around and wins it last year. So that automatically puts more heat on you because now you've got two national championship winning programs that are about 160 miles apart that vehemently hate each other. So in theory, he would have bought himself probably – forever as the head coach as long as he was consistent um but them winning it kind of takes you back to zero national championships for some people um i mean he's if you look at his record he's the highest winning postseason coach we've ever had first one to win fastest one to 100 wins like he's got a ton of a ton of accolades he did it with some guys that yes like you said that john cohen brought in and um had some incredible talent and leaders and just sometimes the team it's the sum of the parts, not the individuals. And we kind of had a special crew then. So mm-hmm. um, trying to pick up where we left off and kind of find our stride, I think that the first thing that's going to happen is we're going to fire our pitching coach because it's never a good thing when you have guys that have been in the program for 
four, three or four years, and they are worse than your true freshmen who are 18 years old and still have spots on them uh, and hadn't pitched in big games or anything like that. So I think Foxhall probably goes, would be my guess. And then I think Lamonis has got uh, – he probably has two years for sure, or but for sure one more after this. So what, it's all going to come down to what he does in SEC play. Like, all not, like this is the time of year that matters. If you can go win four or five series – maybe sweep Ole Miss uh, at Super Bowl all weekend. Like, you're going to buy yourself. People have – it's all about recency bots. What have you done for me lately? And when you beat the teams in your conference, that can always help. Play spoiler, sneak into a regional. And like we saw, anything can happen. Ole Miss was the last team to get in the tournament last year. Thanks, John Cohen, for voting them in on the committee. And then they won the thing. So, you just got to get hot at the right time. That's well, a lot of uh, inside baseball there, but that's kind of my my view is – He's the seats warming up for sure, but it's not on fire yet. Well, I love it, and I hope that that provides some uh, insight and some background for all the guys going down to to Starkville this weekend to enjoy the games. Uh, at the end of the day, none of that matters because we're going to be on that field lounge. So, um, amen. <laughs> baseball games, amen. Whatever. Um, Baseball's so, an accessory to this weekend, not the main event. Exactly. So, um, the mother clucker. What do you think about the name, dude? I love it. Um, especially being now in more central Mississippi and Jackson. Uh, the chicken industry is quite large. Um, yeah. Sanderson, Sanderson Farms. Farms. Yeah, I mean, they're a, the number – they were the number three chicken company in the country or world. They got bought by the number two. So, uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of chicken houses south of I-20. Um and even in the, the Black Prairie area over there. So uh, I, I definitely think it's fitting. It rolls off the tongue. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. Well, I can't wait to get everybody's merchandise to them. We're going to be kicking things off Friday at the State Golf Course. Um, some recent changes at the State Golf Course, which we're not going to be able to see in its entirety since we're just playing nine holes. But I think, you know, nine holes when we we're going to a baseball game that evening. Got 36 the rest of the weekend. I think that's more than enough for folks just to get out of the truck hopefully get a little bit more acclimated to to the weather and, you know, Southern grass climates. Um, but what do you think that uh, guys will have? Well, let me rephrase that. What will the impression be for guys for their first time visiting the MSU State Golf Course? Uh, I mean, I think it's a, it's a solid university golf course. I mean, before, like, growing up and then going to school, I mean, that's where we played because Waverly was private and they weren't doing the resort-type package. So unless you were good buddies with a kid that grew up in Columbus or West Point that his dad was a member, like you weren't playing golf anywhere but the state course. So, I mean, I put a lot of miles on there. They had nice lit driving range. Mm -hmm. um, you, could do a, you could do a semester pass, and for like 300 bucks, you could literally play as much golf as you wanted to. So, um, I mean, it's – it's a it's good, not great, but it's it's all you need and a little bit more from a, a university course. Um, there's some challenging holes. There's some some tight ones that man, you can you can get you in, in some trouble. There are power lines. I don't know if we'll be playing uh, the hole with the power lines on it, but we could get a taste of uh, some of High Cotton uh, Legend there with somebody hitting a power line and having to get a ruling. But uh, it, it's it'll be fun. The biggest thing I like about it is. You know, if some, some of you are going to be driving from a long way away, get you in town, get you out of the car, mm -hmm. hit a few golf shots, playing a golf course, not just on the range the day before you got to go out and, and go to battle against uh, the rest of the field. 
Um, so when we were at state together, they had just planted those trees along the fairways. Have you played the golf course since that those have matured? Do you know the more recent status of what no. the situation is there? Yeah, no. So I, I probably haven't played the course since 2016. Um, and that, that was like right in the prime of they were roped off. You got a free drop. They were trees were probably four feet tall. Um, I, so I, I don't know. I, I should have done better. I actually know the guy that did the redesign for the course. I'm working on a, a project with them here in Jackson, actually. But no, I haven't. I'll be curious to see if they stuck with that, if they took the trees out and just used the native areas or what. They, it'll be a crapshoot. But it was there was a lot of spots where you didn't have a whole lot of room if you mm -hmm. went off the fairway. I mean, you had like five yards and then you were in a roped off area. So, um, which could be a nice little uh, little taste of what's to come at Mossy Oak on Sunday. Yeah, I especially I remember starting that the rounds off during like PGM tournaments and stuff. And number one, you have the roped area, both left and right. Um, just yep. on how far you hit it. Number two is a par three. So no big deal, but there is the roped off area, like back to the left. If I remember, if you go mm -hmm. far enough, um, there's a drive range back there, but three is really where that roped area came into play on both sides of the fairway. And really, if you're going to try to hit that par five and two, you want to be on the right side. And those ropes yep. were so close to the fairway. Yeah, I mean, from like the right center of the fairway to the rough there, you probably only have like an eight-yard landing window anyway, and then bring that into the right. Like you've got no room to to hit a fade or try, if you try to draw one and it doesn't draw and hit the dreaded straight ball, you're in the middle of that stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited. Like I said, I haven't played it in, shoot, seven years now. I'm looking forward to that too. It'll be a yeah. nice little homecoming for it. Unfortunately, not being able to play, you know, the full 18 to see the dog paw around 18. And we won't, you know, thankfully have the power lines in play on, uh, what is it, 12? Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember we'll which get, hole it was. We will get to see the new green on nine. Have you seen the pictures? What do you think about the kind of peninsula-style green they made out there? Yeah, I like it. That hole is always weird with that big – with the big lake down the left. Um, it needed some drainage work. And th that green, I felt like it got smaller and smaller every day. Uh, as time went on. So, uh, yeah, I've seen a few pictures and I'm all about it. I'm, I'm glad that that course with the PGM program being there, it's unique and having that level of, you know, the future golf professionals of the world being there and also with the turf grass and everything like that, having, having a place that has got some life injected into it and a place that people can have pride in and kind of use that as their, their teaching ground, I think, is great. I think the, the university needs it, and them putting an investment into it, I think, is a great thing. So, before we move on, um, favorite hole on the front nine? Mm. I'm I it, I come back to seven. Like it, I don't yeah. personally love it, but I think it's a great hole. Yeah, I know it, it, it's that kind of like. I mean, it's the most elevation really change hitting over the hitting over the pond from six and. Um, there was always that neck down narrow spot where you had the old like water pumping station and then the big lake that starts coming in on the left. Uh, it used to always be so wet. Uh, I feel like too yes. down there, but yeah, no, I like that hole. And I like, I mean, eight's a fun part three that's shorter, but uphill and you can't, you can't really see the green. And so I know some guys that have made hole in ones there and there could be a little of excitement coming down the stretch there for a little match. If anybody's playing. Yeah, that would be awesome to see. So um, for the jackpot game, we're just going to do nine holes net stroke play. 
50% handicap for nine holes. So yeah, it'll be exciting as the leaderboards coming down those final few holes to, you know, I'm, I'm a leaderboard watcher. I'm gonna have my phone out. I'll be plugging the scores. Oh yeah. As soon as I plug the scores in, go to the leaderboard, check the net, the gross, everything. Um, so why, why have a leaderboard if you're not going to look at it? Exactly. Um, so after that, we'll be headed back to the cabins, getting checked in. You'll be headed to, to the undisclosed location, getting locked and loaded for the night. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it sounds bad. My, I, my family, we have a place to stay in town. So it's one of those things. It's right by this baseball stadium. So it's one of those deals, logistics purposes for getting all that stuff dialed in. It was, it made sense. I, I mean, and we're still going to come over there and hang out at the cabins if you'll have us for podcasts and whatnot after rounds. So we're still going to be in the mix on the cabin life. Absolutely. We're no, we're looking forward to it and it totally makes sense. Um, but have you experienced the, the Waverly cabins? Do you know what we can kind of expect? Yeah. So I last summer around July or August, me and seven of my buddies that were from Memphis, we all met up down there and did uh, we did 18 at Waverly on Friday. We did 27 at Mossy Oak on Saturday and then 18 on Waverly Sunday morning. And we stayed, we actually stayed in the, the junior cabin that's like at the back of the driving range where like the teaching facility is. Um, and so I think y'all might be staying in four person cabins or something. I'm not sure which one y'all are staying in, but uh, dude, it's great. Um, it's like everything you need and nothing more. Um, but it's just nice to be on property. Um, you can go in and, you can go into the clubhouse and you can eat it. Uh, you can eat at the little grill down there. They've got the soft serve ice cream is a specialty down there in the, uh, in the grill, the 19th hole. If you get there early enough on Friday, which I don't know how to work with our tea times. They usually do fried chicken buffet. Um, so it's, man, it's, it's just a perfect Southern golf hospitality experience. Um, very laid back and chill. Um, but like I said, it's everything you need. Nothing more where you have a good, nice water pressure in your shower and a nice bed to stay in. So we love to hear it's, it. It's solid. Absolutely love to hear it. So moving into the next morning, um, we have a little bit of time to sleep in after the baseball game. Um, but yep. like I love a 10 o'clock tea time. Yeah. Um, a gentleman's tea time. You know, with, with the afternoon uh, first pitch, we're going to be a little bit tight wrapping up, getting to the game. But, you know, we'll, we'll have the night before to experience the game and then get there whenever we get there. And uh, we will make an absolute afternoon out of that um, <clears throat> because the next morning is going to be early morning. But we don't have to get there yet. I'm already yep. dreading that, that wake up call on Sunday morning. But um, as far as Old Waverly goes, this is where the mother clucker really kicks off. Uh, we're going to be playing 18 holes, team total Stableford. Um, handicaps are locked in. It's going to be very exciting to see some of these low-cap teams and the high-cap teams. Stu on the pod that we just put out, he picked the Mims brothers. He's They're, they're a dark horse. They're getting strokes everywhere. Um, oh, it's raining strokes for the Mims, Mims boys. It's it's wild to see. Um, but what can you expect or what can we expect from Old Waverly and what do you expect from the field? I'll start with the golf course since I'm, I have more familiarity there than with the field. But Man, Waverly is it's just like the quintessential Southern Championship golf course. Um, it's it's tree lined in places, it's open in some places. Um, you don't have to hit driver everywhere. Actually, you'll probably I was kind of mapping it out the other day. You probably hit less than driver more times than not. Um 
But, man, it, the, the greens, those are truly some of the best greens I've ever played on ever. I mean, they are – they're Bermuda, but they play like bent more mm. than anything. I mean, they are hit – it, hit it where it's – hit it online and it's going to get there, which for me is somebody – I like putting fast greens because I don't want to have to think about hitting it. If I can just start it on the line, I'm going to be better off. So, you're going to find that. Um, it, there's some cool holes. that The stretch kind of in – if you've been looking at it online, uh, six, seven, eight, and nine on the front. Um, you've got a six is a kind of a weird 200. You got a 240 yard drive max, no matter what you do. And then you've got a wedge kind of 45 degrees to the right wedge on a downhill lie over some water into kind of like a little postage stamp green. Um, that's one of my favorite holes and then you back it up with like a 200 yard uphill over a ravine par three then you follow it up on eight you go a long par four with kind of a pop bunker in the middle of the fairway and the nine which is a long is hit as much as you want twice par five it's kind of wide out wide in the open so you get like a mix of being tight in the trees kind of navigating around and then the course kind of opens back up um that's kind of my favorite stretch there at Old Waverly. And then, obviously, the back nine's great, too. You've Everybody's seen the pictures of the finishing stretch. 17, par three, hitting with the kind of an infinity green with the big lake behind you. And then you turn right back, and it's kind of like 18 at Sawgrass. Peel, bite off as much as you want to chew on that drive and take on the water. And you can either have – you can lay back and have 240 in, or you can – go after it and have 170 in to finish off so it's a uh, it's an awesome golf course um and one that truly it'll it'll te- no one style really has an advantage you can get around that place multiple different ways which i think will be especially with the variety of handicaps and skill and things like that and i think everybody has a chance to put some points on the board which i think is great for qualifying yeah uh- like you said, not having uh, the golf course benefit any one style with all the strokes being out there with the Stableford format, I truly feel like it's anybody's ball game. Like right now, um, and we won't know. I, I agree. Until, we won't know until probably that stretch of six, seven, eight, where some guys get ejected and some guys go low through that stretch, and that's where mm-hmm. you know we're really going to separate start to separate the field. Six yeah, sounds I mean, like a lefty saw special. I don't know what about you, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to you can sling a little draw around the corner, have you a nice hundred yard shot in on a kind of two tiered postage stamp type green. I mean, that that's a whole you, you make a birdie there, and then uh oh, here he goes, par three, par four, nice par five. You can be looking at a nice score, and then I mean, 10 is a kind of a blind dog leg left par five where again the three woods probably the play or less than driver but man if you play a draw or a cut as a lefty you can get down there and you can really go at this at the green and 11 less than driver um you probably if anybody watched the girls junior am that was there you could basically hit it onto a beach on that hole if you hit too much club um so man it there's not a bad hole really out there. If you're okay with a little bit of quirk, there's not a bad hole. And I truly think that it's a, it's a great test, but it's, it's fair and people can, you can go low. It's great too, because it's a course that unlike Mossy Oak, that can kind of be visually intimidating. 
all Waverly is more of what you're used to. And so somebody who hasn't necessarily played there before can still score well in their first time. You don't need a ton of institutional knowledge necessarily to, to perform well. That certainly helps. Um, what do you see for the kind of target number um, for, you know, the, the, the top two um, teams are going to get, you know, that final pairing on Sunday for the match play. That'll be for the actual title of the mother clucker. What do you mm-hmm. see team totals? You know, 36 is kind of like standard, I guess. It's going to take better than standard. We know that. So 36 standard is for combined between for a well, team. For, for one player. So it would be, you know, one. 72 for for both teams. That that would be 18 pars for each player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really do. I mean, I think it could be in that it's going to be 70 plus, I think, for the top two. Um, I mean, I'm thinking, I know what I know what I'm bringing with me, and uh, thankfully, your player has to give some shots. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, that's you know, that's that's fair, and he should. Uh, the man's played a, a lot of damn golf at that golf course. He actually played in a tournament there two weeks ago, so he's he's going to also be my caddy in Sherpa to keep me uh, keep me right between the ears and between the boobies on the course. Uh, but I mean, I really think it's going to be probably realistically high 60s low 70s combined i think gets you um get you in that group i mean if it rains you gotta look at the weather if we, we get a little bit of rain on friday course is probably gonna play a little bit i don't think it's gonna be a deal where we have to change tees i don't think but, we can because those next tees are not even six thousand yards yeah no you can't so i mean how do you play in the mud distance is gonna help you a little bit i've been practicing my mudder game because admittedly i've not been a mudder until about last week so i don't know i, I think it's uh it's gonna be interesting i definitely think there's gonna be some scores to be had and uh i think that 60 oh, 68 to 72 range probably for sure gets you in you would think i think what do you think little, i think it might be a little bit higher I think with okay. all the, with all the strokes out there, I think you There's might a lot have, of juice out there. I think you might have to clip eighty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think I think it might be a, a bit ridiculous out there. Um, and I'll but, admit I don't have as much experience. I don't play a lot of Stableford events. Um, I mean, I play quota a decent amount, but so I'm kind of flying in dark there trying to do math in my head. But I'll take your word for it, there, uh, El Capitan. I, I hope that I'm wrong because I, I think that, <laughs> that that definitely uh hurts my team with with Ben being a scratch for this event. Um yeah, we'll we'll see. Hey, I but know. he's he's got but he's also he's one of the few that has some uh some course knowledge and some experience there. So what he what he lacks on the on the, the juice to, for the handicap, he can make up for knowing his way around the place. Yeah, hopefully we can make it up with vibes. I mean, you and I are going to be in that first tee time, so we'll we'll be getting out there. We'll be racing around, and really, I guess all the local knowledge is in that first group. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how we are about GPS on cards if we have to put a piece of paper over those screens if we're going purist or not. But that could help some folks um, to kind of find their way around. Uh, I mean, also, I don't know if we got any Bermuda boys in this group, but. All I play is Bermuda, and I love it. And it, there's going to be, especially uh, around the greens, if it's a little damp, how, how are you going to handle the Bermuda? And reading if there's some grain, I mean, it's been greening up and growing there. So cutting them and rolling them, there's going to be some grain in play. So 
how how do you uh, how do you bent grass and bluegrass guys uh, handle the Bermuda down here? It'll be interesting. Yeah, me, uh, my team, and Wes's team—the only teams traveling from the north—doesn't um, bode well for us. Definitely, <laughs> definitely see the southern guys having the favor. Uh, but yeah. you know, once we get there, anything could happen. So after the round on Saturday, we'll be headed back to Duty Noble Field. We'll be getting in the rest of the baseball game. Um, let me go ahead and get a prediction from you on the series for the weekend. We won't see oh, some of those gosh. games, but let me get a series prediction. I think that this is where the dogs start to try to right the ship. And seeing Vandy beat Ole Miss pretty good last week will be motivation for our guys to go, hey, look, y'all beat Ole Miss, but you're not going to come and beat us three times at home. So, also, I don't think the Whistler is going to be traveling, which that's a that's a big uh, RIP to the Whistler. Um, that's no, a big thing. because No RIP. Really? No RIP. No, that was fake news. Shot- he, he was spotted yeah. at the series last okay. week. Well, uh, there were a lot of people that I knew that almost got in fights with him in Omaha. So hopefully he didn't come to start, doesn't come to Starpool. But I think two to one, I think we, I think we went on Friday night throwing the, uh, the ambidextrous kid because his stuff is electric. I don't care who you are. It'll be worth walking behind home plate out of the outfield to watch him work. I mean, he's throwing 96 from both sides <laughs> and he'll switch, he'll switch in an inning. So he'll throw right-handed to a batter, left-handed to another batter. So dude doesn't get tired. Um, So I think we win Friday. We probably drop Saturday, and then we pick up the rubber match on Sunday. We got a good Sunday guy. We got a good Friday guy. We, whenever we release the rotation every week, there's always a question mark on Saturday. So I'm going to follow that and think we get two out of three, and this starts our push to maybe host a regional. Okay. I'll say dog sweep. I'm coming back to Starkville, dog sweep. All right. Um, Moving on to Sunday at Mossy Oak. Um, This is one of the rounds that I've looked forward to the most out of anything that we've ever planned. Uh, Mossy Oak kind of has that aura around it because it's a little bit newer. Um, It hasn't had like the TV coverage, like you mentioned, getting to watch the U.S. uh, Girls Junior AM or whatever we were watching there. Yeah. that, that was great to be able to see a little bit more of Old Waverly, but Mossy Oak kind of has that. I don't really know what to expect, but I have just enough of like a taste of it that I'm I'm fired up. Yeah. Um. So I was in school when the course opened originally, and one of my best friends was a caddy out there. Like the first year they started the caddy program, so I got a chance to play it right when it opened, and then I played it since, and and it's been cool to watch how that course is. It's kind of grown into itself. They've kind of softened it in some areas. At first, there were a lot of, like, big double fairways that, I mean, you could blow it literally 100 yards left, but then you had 400 yards into the same hole kind of thing. And so they kind of – I think they they probably realized that some people needed a little bit more guardrails and also, too, for just, like, safety of player and flow of a golf round. Like, you don't really need balls flying everywhere all the time. But for for I know a lot of the guys or some people in here have played Sweden's Cove and some of people have played Pinehurst. I have not played Pinehurst. I've played Sweetens. And I think if you injected Barry Bond steroids into Sweetens Cove, you would get some semblance of mossy oak in it. There's there's a lot of that type of style um, into it, but it's, it's a big ballpark. 
I mean, it can play it can play deeper than even the scorecard shows. I mean, it can play 77, 7,800 yards if they really want it to. Um, and it's uh, it, the premium that I've found playing it is driving the driving of the golf ball is key there. It's not always with driver, but it's one of those things. If you have a driver that's straight and not even necessarily long, but a straight driver, you can pick up a lot of strokes on your on the field and on the competitors. Um, there's a lot of places where if you're on, if you're not in the fair, like the fairways are big, but as a lot of us are used to playing courses that have trees on them that kind of shape where your shots and your lines are, you're not going to get that at Mossy Oak. You're going to see seven holes at, on one on one tee box. And so being able to focus and find that line and hit driver um, or hit the driving club you need on that hole really uh, really is important. And can you can pick up some strokes gain big time doing that. Um, well, greens are wild. Um, there's going to be – you're going to be uncomfortable. Like, there's some times where, like, you're just – you're going to have to hit a shot you don't like to hit. Um, and pars are – you're going to have a lot of really good pars made out there. And that's something that I like. It's not – you always have a chance to make par, uh, but at the same time, you also can make – anybody can make double or triple there really quick. Um, so that's going to be – that's going to be a very interesting uh, piece to that is kind of how you can control – keep your try to keep it between the buoys and kind of focus in and not – get lost in the big ballpark and everything that's out there, but pick a spot, hit it to a spot and play your next shot and keep the ball in front of you. If you can keep the ball in front of you, um, you can go low there. If you try to bang driver all over the park and unfortunately, Mr. 64 won't be over there to, to rear back and just try to beat it, beat it to a pulp. Uh, but if you, if you can keep it in front of you and keep it, keep it between the navigational beacons and you can actually make a score there. Um, and there can be some big numbers lurking around any corner. So how do you feel it sets up for match play? It's, I mean, it's a, as good of a match play course um, as possible. Uh, I mean, there's, there's just, there's places where, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you both, if you both are fighting for double, whoever makes double and the other person makes seven, you win the hole. And there's places out there that are like that, where you can get playing ping pong from is good players can be playing ping pong from one side of the green to the other, putting it off of the green. I mean, there's chipping it from bunker to bunker. I mean, there's any kind of booby trap that you can find. Gil has put it out there. Um, and he does it a lot with visual deception, as you've mentioned before. Um, so I would really advise people to don't watch the drone video that's on the website, but either look at a yardage book or look at blue golf or something like that, because there's places where we're standing back on the tee box you think it's a greenside bunker. Well, actually, it's at 270 yards in the middle half of the fairway, and you're going to hit a driver into it if you hit driver. Um, so I think it for all of those reasons, I think it's a great match play course. There's opportunities for birdies. Like some of the – like if you look at the yardages on par fives, they're not super long. I mean, seven – especially that 16, 17, 18 – 15, 16, 17, 18 stretch. Like, I mean, 17 is a 495-yard par five but it plays uphill into a blind green. And so distance-wise, yeah, anybody can go make a birdie there. Um, but 
you got to go execute. Um, and so there's going to be opportunities for people to make up ground um, in certain places. There's also opportunities for people to shoot themselves out of a match uh, pretty quick. We take a brief break from today's interview with Webb to talk to you about the fine folks at the Rudder at Anchor High Marina in Hendersonville, Tennessee. If you've been following the High Cotton Club for very long, been listening to the podcast, you know just what an excellent job that Patrick Patton does with everything that he does for the High Cotton Club with our artwork. The new High Cotton Classic hats are top-notch. The Extinction merchandise is going to be through the roof, and we couldn't do it without him. So in order to thank him, we want you to check out the Rudder at Anchor High Marina in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Open Wednesday through Thursday, 11 to 11. Friday through Saturday, 11 to 12, and Sunday, 11 to 11. And if you're not going to the Mother Clucker this weekend, we'll head to the Rudder for Friday night. They're doing chips and salsa unplugged, 630 to 1030. Saturday night, they're going to be having stings and wind, 630 to 1030. And uh, next weekend, they're going to be having Sarah Montgomery, Friday, March 31st, 630 to 1030 p.m. So make sure you check out the Rudder at Anchor High Marina. As the weather gets better, there's no better place to go. Kick back, relax, enjoy some good food and good drinks by the lake than the Rudder at Anchor High. Voted one of the best outdoor patio dining spots in Middle Tennessee. So make sure you check them out and tell them the High Cotton Club sent you. So with all that being said, I need a final prediction from you. Who do you see coming out in the final match after Saturday? And then who do you see winning on Sunday? I know it's tough for you. You haven't been able to play with any of these guys yet. First actual event, but it, we got to get it from I mean, the, I mean, the easiest person to uh, bet on in life is yourself. Um, and so I see myself and my uh, my teammate, Jay Fly, Jonathan Fly, coming out. And, and I can't – I can't find a way to not pick El Capitan and his crew to come through. And uh, so I think it's going to be the first tee time off on Saturday. We're going to run it back on Sunday to see who uh, who's going to be the champion. I will say my dark horse would be uh, – been doing some scouting, but Mr. Hollinsworth, who hopped in when Stu came out, seems like he's uh, he's quite the stick. So – if I had to go with a, a another a third place or an, one alternate, I would throw him in the hat. Well, D-Ball is writing it on his locker room uh, wall right now. He's ready to go. Um, I I appreciate the vote of confidence. That would be a whole lot of fun if we could run it back on Sunday. Um, it's going to be a whole a whole hell of a lot of fun to see how it all shakes out. Um, Want to ask you a couple of the questions that we got just directly. Um, what is your career best round, and where when was it? This is okay. Yeah, so I've shot 70 twice, and both of those were in Memphis at the local Muni that everybody plays, Galloway. Um, it's a city course, but it's they host the tennis, Memphis Pub Links there and stuff, and I did it. I was probably, shoot, I was probably 18. So I haven't, haven't reached that low again. Uh, I've shot 73 a whole lot. I'm scared to death to break par. Scared to death. Right there. So I, there's a whole lot of 73, 74s that w- could have been 68, 69s, and 70s uh, in my life. But yeah, those are that's that's my scoring best is 70. I relate to that on a spiritual level. Um, yeah, I broke through 169, but like that was one time, and all the other yeah. times have been exactly what you're describing. Um. Let's see. Are you most looking forward to the competition, the baseball, or the cottage shenanigans? 
Man, you know, I, I am most – I mean, we're here for golf at the end of the day. I'm most excited about the golf because I think um, that's what we're all here for. And I, I find that golf is the best way that I get to know and relate and meet people. Um, and so I think the the event – the competition and playing golf is fun, but using it as a vehicle to meet like-minded individuals is what I'm most excited about. That's what the high cotton clothes about. I, I love it. That's that's a great answer. Um, all right. Well, any final closing thoughts on the golf course on the weekend? Um, anything that anybody should be prepared for heading into the weekend if they haven't experienced Mississippi State before? Uh, well, you'll find that I'll say for like the baseball and the atmosphere, like you'll ne you won't find a better and more welcoming set of fans. So if D ball wants to rock the biggest Alabama sweatshirt ever to the baseball game, like somebody's might make a joke to him about it, but then they're going to ask, Hey, so did you go to Alabama? Like what, what's your favorite? Like they're going to engage in conversation with you. And it's something that you've probably seen written every time we host a regional and fans will travel from across the country to come watch Mississippi State baseball. They always say, like, how hospitable and how nice and friendly and educated and knowledgeable the fan base is. And so I think that no matter who you're pulling for, you don't have to pull for State. You can pull for Vandy. You can pull for anybody. Uh, you're going to get a warm welcome, and it's one of those places where people are, are glad and they love seeing out-of-town people come and see and experience uh, what Duty Noble has to offer. So I think on the baseball side, that's what I would say to look forward to there. And then uh, on the golf side, I mean, I, I truly think that they're not rated the number one in two courses uh, in the state of Mississippi. They should be. There's a lot of – don't get me started on uh, golf course rankings and how uh, people buy those uh, those accolades in the in the market don't get me started on that but i mean it's the it's the crown jewel of golf in the state of mississippi and uh people wouldn't necessarily think that mississippi is as golf sick of a state as it is but as the usga put out like it's the lowest handicapped state um in the country and got a lot of really good golfers here and this is kind of the this is the culmination of what mississippi golf is about you got the tradition and old Waverly that's got the championships and the accolades and the prestige. And then you've got this kind of unique up and comer still new uh, relatively with a big name architect attached to it. And they're right across the street from each other. There's not a whole lot of places that you can get in a car and drive three or four hours from in the South and find better golf. So I just think we're gonna, it's, it's a treat to get it to play. I look forward to it every time. So I think, People that hadn't played it before will love it, and I think it'll make you want to come back. Yeah, I would argue it's not only the crown jewel of golf in Mississippi, but that I can't really think of any place other in the South that I would go. <clears throat> I did not say that right, but any other place in the South that I would yeah. go. Um, because, like you said, the the combination between the classic history of Old Waverly, the new you know kind of age golf that Mossy Oak represents, <clears throat> and the affordability that comes with both. Is something that you cannot beat anywhere in the South. Trust me, I look. And so I can't wait to yeah. get down there and to experience it. And, I mean, for all intents and purposes, start planning the next one. Yep. Well, I I'm, I echo all that. And uh, there's also some new stuff that's – I mean, they continue to kind of evolve Mossy Oak. They've built – the clubhouse is brand new. When they first opened, they just had a cart barn 
in a caddy lounge. And then they worked a pro shop kind of out of one building and they built the clubhouse and it opened at the beginning of last season. And it's two stories, big bar overlooks it. So now it truly looks like what it was intended to be. So I'm glad that it's all, all built. You also have the Mississippi state, we didn't even mention, but Mississippi state's college golf practice facility is at Mossy Oak. They've got a, a putting green. It's like 15,000 square feet. That's in the state of in the shape of Mississippi hitting base, all this stuff. So, you get you feel like you're getting to be a college golfer and warm up on the range there, and then you get to go play this golf course. So, man, I, the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I'm excited for for Friday to get here and, and the weekend to be here. And I'm I'm just I'm thrilled. I'm looking forward to meeting everybody that's going to be involved and um, getting to show show off my state uh, that I'm proud of to live in now and that I've, a city and a place that I've loved for so long. So. Yes, sir. Well, we can't thank you enough for taking the time. It's a pleasure to, to meet you here, but I can't wait to actually shake your hand on Friday and to tee it up together on Saturday. We'll have a big time in between at the state baseball game. But again, thank you for your time. Thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. Let's get ready for Mississippi, baby. Let's do it. <laughs>